0: You're listening to The Chartographers.
1: Artographers. It is that music-loving podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist and we rank it worst to best and forget the rest. And in today's episode <laughs> especially, oh, the rest? The rest is like a fucking encyclopedia that we are going to burn, let me tell you. So, hey, Evan, uh, were you a carnival ride operator in your past life? <laughs> yeah, that was, so, that was intense. <laughs> That was a lot. I'll be honest, though, my potential other career, and I'm, I'm really launching this podcast so I can eventually become a game show host. That's my hope. <laughs> That's my need. I would kick ass at it. And also, as we know now, Steve Harvey is an asshole. All these stories. Hey, uh, so, guys, listen, uh, the one thing I love about this podcast is that with uh, me and Taryn, since we created it, we just kind of pick artists that we respectively really like that sometimes we kind of want the other person to get into. Uh, like, Darren, he's picked out Fleetwood Mac, and we've done Daft Punk, and we did Talking Heads.
0: And Iron and Wine. Yeah. and then, I've had a lot this season.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have. And then I've been always like, "Oh, we should do Michael Jackson. Oh, you need to get into the Smashing Pumpkins. Like, you know, we just have these different journeys that we go on. And one time we did an episode that no one really cared about called Phil Collins, and hey, it's our most popular thing. But this week especially. We're tackling a band that... There was. A, I, I've always, you know, been a fan of music, you know, but this was a band, the first band I truly love the first band when i got an album like oh my god they have a whole back catalog and you dive the fuck in and it's weirder and crazier than you can imagine that's right this week we're talking about those fearless freaks those oklahoma weirdos the band whose next release is probably a week-long cover of the rolling Stones sticky fingers and released in a cube of marzipan that's right guys we are talking about the flaming lips the electric worms if you're nasty uh, so, guys, listen, Flaming Lips uh, yeah, not. started by the Coin Brothers, Mark and Wayne, uh, way the way back there in Oklahoma in the 80s, early 80s, and uh, they just, over a time of creating shitty-ass Led Zeppelin watered-down imitations, have gradually morphed into one of the most eccentric and crazy uh, alternative rock acts of all time, dipping into psychedelia and just all sorts of just weird-ass shit there's a lot of weird shit. That's what you need to know. And we are going to rank their albums. What constitutes their albums? We're going to get to that in a second. But first, I need to tell you the people we have here that are going to be ranking this shit. First off, there's me. I, I'm not sure if you know me. I'm Evan Sadi. Uh, you might know me as an editor of Five Adders. You probably know me as the host of this podcast. If you know me as the host of this podcast, then you know the person sitting next to me, the Stephen Droz to my Wayne Coin. That's right. We are talking about Taryn O'Reilly. Fuck yeah. Yeah. How
0: you doing? I'm great. I'm... Yeah.
1: Just, I'm, yeah. <laughs> You're so
0: great. I'm fantastic. Can you do a carnival-like intro like I did? No. <laughs> Nor will I even try. No, I will not. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm really excited. This has been uh, definitely... We did two research the... weeks on this. Yeah. For one. There's a lot This is an that I probably knew the least about uh-huh. going into... That's not true. I knew more about Flaming Lips than I did about Smashing Pumpkins. But still... still yeah. Still. It's been a very... Interesting, incredible journey. Yeah, I took two weeks on this one because I wanted to... Get it right. Get it right. And I'm glad I did because my thoughts have changed so So much.
1: much. Yeah. But more importantly, though, the biggest thing here is that do you realize that in season two... Our most frequent guest in the entire podcast history hasn't been on it once. I know that's Can, why I was like, "We got to do this." Are man. you fucking kidding me? That's right. How could we not have the guy who has an untitled band that is still coming out with new <laughs> material that will be coming out later this year? The one, the only John Fucking Harvey is Hello. here.
2: Hello, everybody. Thank <sighs> you, thank you for having me on again. Like, I I knew this episode was gonna come. I didn't know it would be. So soon. And as immense as it is. I mean, I kind of... You want to talk about a journey. My... This list, you know, everybody kind of comes in with their own list has been like Probably everything is swapped from first to last at least <laughs> once or
1: twice. I mean, as this we al- all know, Here Is ne- heres is, is It is their best album, so, you know, that'll be, you know... But, but yeah, you were talking about... Here Is your, Now,
0: Here Is It, Here It Is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you were
2: talking about... Here you. It Is Now. I kind of also want to talk about, like, our histories with the Flaming Lips. I know yours is a little bit more recent, but, like, me and Evan kind of have a really long... A lot of people have a long history with this band. One of the longest-going bands in the in the business. Yeah, they, um Seriously. So the first episode I joined you guys was on for Beck. Mm-hmm. I remember I probably said a bunch of stuff how Odale just completely destroyed my world. Yeah, so That was like my first big experience my first big love but the flame the second to come is the flaming lips which wasn't as totally immediate right. I kind of came in at a weird time like like yeah. i came in i think i mentioned that i got into good music like kind of later in yeah, life yeah i mean me too yeah yeah so um that was like what so the flaming lips was kind of a band where you could just hear a lot about them and when you kind of start discovering right. them like it's going to come up a lot and so, uh, I got in around oh. Embryonic, which is a, <laughs> which is not, well, even still, it's not the one I would tell somebody who's never listened to a Flaming North You should Zucker. make that
1: your first album, man. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah, no. And so, and I I will be honest, I wasn't immediately, I, there was Take stuff him, I was, I yeah. wasn't immediately like, in love, but there was stuff I'm like, wow, this is, this is cool. I've, I, this, I've never heard anything like this before. Right. It's so, and that's kind of what I think gets you on the roller coaster yeah. of this whole thing is that you kind of start checking out, and then I checked out the soft bolton the first time i listened to race for the prize like, i'm not somebody's going to get like upset about this statement i'm just saying for an example for me it was also like the same equivalent of listening to stairway to heaven for the first time it's just such a transcendental experience wow wow race that's for the prize
0: is your choice for that oh that was, that's experience.
2: i mean that's also the that's like i came on many end of the year uh, lists, lists yeah. for that one that's been like the number 1 song for several publications that's the one that I think is probably, other than hmm. other than advertising purpose, among the fan base is the most popular. And that's just, so like, I got that, but then the rest of the album. Yeah.
1: And, and yeah. listeners, I'm sure you all, I mean, especially if you're even a casual, even like a hardcore Flaming Lips fan, everyone's entry point is going to be something weird and something different. And that's kind of, this is a band who really changed their styles liberally between albums, which is one of their strengths and sometimes some of their detriment too. But, you know, we're going to get into that that is what we're here for, and just one last story for the record, the whole reason I heard about John Harvey from the first place, uh, former guest uh, JC, John Chakota, he was on, uh, and he wound up talking about, we were talking about Embryonic, he says, oh yeah, you should, and I was like, eh, kind of whatever, you know, whatever, he's like, you should really give a second listen to Silver Trembling Hand, that's John Harvey's favorite track, and that's how John Harvey came on my radar, and <laughs> now he's the biggest guest of all time, and in fact, we're gonna give him a medal by the end of this podcast for being the most frequent guest, so, yeah, not yet, <laughs> I, I, deserve, I deserve up it. Yet. <laughs> I deserve God damn it! So anyway, uh, ranking the Flaming Lips albums might seem like a fool's errand because if you look at the official like core album ranking well first off there's a million other things and let's just get the qualifiers out of the way in terms of what we're ranking we are not gonna rank anything that was released in an edible format we're not gonna <laughs> release anything that's longer than four albums we're not gonna rank any of that shit
2: real quick uh-huh. uh, for the mini sound just in a preview I
1: have a friend who bought edible of stuff <laughs> yes, and we're gonna shit. talk about yes. it. <laughs> I'm, really I'm really excited about that uh, we are not gonna do uh, any albums where they cover other albums I think that kind of goes without yeah, saying yeah. they did that a lot too so when you get all of that extra we're not st-
0: gonna include any album where they included the word friends like <laughs> <LB in this laughs> that is also very true so but long story <laughs> short if you're
1: like a hardcore fan this is like robert pollard fucking guided by voices level there will always be stuff to look up and get into but more importantly though let's get into it there are 14 core albums and we're gonna kind of debate those a little bit if you want to get into it there's the 1986 gritty debut. Here it is. There's the expansion of that 1987's crazy cover. And oh my god! There is 1989 somehow in the same vein. Telepathic surgery. There is 1990s uh, artistic breakthrough in a priest-driven ambulance. First album produced by Dave Fridman. There is 1992's uh, major label debut. Hit to death of the future head. There is uh, the one that has the hit on it. Transmissions from the satellite heart in 1993. That's a the- doing it a disservice. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. But then there is the kind of the uh, mature. Sure, pop expansion that is 1995's Cloud's Taste Metallic. There is the four-disc standalone art project that is Zerica from 1997. There is the kind of big commercial breakthrough that happened in uh, the Soft Bulletin in 1999. There is the uh, kind of warped Grammy-winning pop effort that is Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robot from 2002. There is the uh, follow-up to that, the <laughs> 2006's At War with the Mystics. There is the double-disc crazy psychedelic in-the-red nonsense of Amber from 2009. There is the moody introvert flip of their entire sound in 2013's The Terror, and there is 2017's album that was released called. Oxy Melody,
2: Ox- the, the only album in the discography that sounds like it's tipping its fedora at you.
1: <laughs> Oxy Melody, <laughs> also the only one that have, has a guest spot by Miley Cyrus. Just FYI. But hey, listen. Uh, so there's a, that's 14 albums right there. Before we talk about anything else, we need to talk about that big old four disc elephant in the room, which is Zerika. Now, Zorica, for those who don't know, it is a four-disc set, not because it's four discs of songs, it's four discs of the same song. But each disc has a different portion of it. So one might have the drums, one might have, like, the guitar, and then they might swap at one point, too. So maybe you only have three discs to play it with, or maybe you have all four. It's supposed to be, like, kind of an interactive listening experience, which in 1997 especially was a big deal. Not a lot of people or artists have done that. Nowadays, you know, anyone can just, you know, do that or do their own down mix or whatever you
0: want. But, I mean, like, so yeah. y- you say that, but no one has done this. Yes. <laughs> it's not like that this started a huge trend even Wayne Coyne said that he expected this to become a thing yeah and it did not and it did not become a thing because as we experienced when we tried it for the record really we did try it fucking hard <laughs> to sync up four CDs at the to play at the same time. Especially you think it's because, easy? It sounds like, easy. I'm doing it on my computer, and then we have one in the Blu-ray player, and then we have one like on a Walkman plugged into this massive speaker. And I know
2: like it's de- it's described like it's not intended to always line up. But the thing is, if you do want to get it as close as possible, you also have to you have to be working as a band kind of. You yeah. have to be in time. Yeah. You I have to get like. the yeah, kind of get the you got to get the count in. Like you can be off time, and you're gonna mess up the whole experience. There's a lot of
1: collaboration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I. I would say for research week all three of us we both listen we did the actual like you know like party to like kind of do it with the cds and we have the mixed down version as well so we have the full experience for the record Mm -hmm. personally part of me kind of wants to include it in the ranking that's just me but that's one vote out of three john
2: harvey I'm more so either way about it. It's also, right off the bat, I'll say it's tough. It's a tough one to judge because there's Zyrica, the album, and then there's Zyrica, the listening experience, and the art exhibit. Like... (laughs) Like <laughs> what I, I think was talking about. Yeah, though. in a certain sense, there's. um... It's like, what am I grading on? It's almost like, oh, I, I, how I mean, good was the 3D to the narrative based movie I just saw? Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, Prometheus, not a great movie, but the 3D was killer, you I know? See, yeah. I think
0: if we are including it, we would have to consider it with the mixed down versions mm-hmm. that we have, yeah. where it's it's tracks. Yes. How and good and, are these and these The songs. songwriting and everything. Yeah. And
1: I think that if we did do
0: that, that'd be fair. What's your vote, Terrence? I. you know what I've been behaving like we might include it so now I just kind of want to alright I think there's
2: people that would I I feel like there's people that would be upset if we didn't include it yeah I I mean, you could tell those people to fuck themselves.
0: I and mean. <laughs> hey, we
1: will. You people, go fuck yourselves.
0: Tell me that right now. All right, in that case... Yeah, let's just include
1: it. 14 okay. albums, 14 spots. Here it is. Oh my God. telepathic surgery and a priest-driven ambulance hit to death the future head transmission for the satellite heart-class system. Metallic the soft bulletin, the Yoshimi Pink Robbins at War with the Mystics, Embryonic, the Terror, Osley Melody. All right, guys let's do it this is a two-part episode because we got a lot of albums to get through and this is why we're starting at number 14 our opinions are open they can change at any time that's why we rank and debate and john harvey you are here in the studio this is one of your all-time favorite bands and now i gotta ask you that question we gotta ask at the start of every fucking ranking john harvey what's the worst flaming lips
0: album
2: it's pretty... This one's kind of tough in the sense yes, that... Yes, it is. Actually, no, it's... not.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, not. I mean, I think we all have different answers, but mm-hmm. my choices.
2: There's... Well, it's first... Uh, it, I think we're going to be a little say, bit loose. There's bit only, under- there's only two albums that I'm like, oh, wow, those are really not good. Uh-huh. Um, And that's like... There's some I'm like... Yeah. So there's, there's only two I'm kind of like, uh, not great. And it's versus one that I can't remember anything on the album every time I listen to. I know, Or yeah. one that makes me want to put my head through a wall All every right. time I hear the lyrics. And those would <laughs> be... That would be telepathic surgery or oxymilati. I will say oxymilati musically more interesting but telepathic surgery doesn't make me want to rip my ears out sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I personally would vote for uh, telepathic surgery. Uh, but, uh, Taryn, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, of those two, I would definitely pick telepathic surgery to be lower. Just because, yeah, telepathic surgery doesn't really accomplish anything. It doesn't have anything it doesn't, that... Though. It doesn't have, have me... Going back to it at yeah. any point,
2: and I will say I think it's more just kind of I don't interesting is almost an o- overstating it, but let's just say in interesting textures versus like where if you listen to uh, Oh My God or Here It Is, there's a certain raw visceralness to the punk rock aspect that even right, if the yeah. songs aren't bad, but like there's something to latch onto. I don't know what to latch onto when I listen to right. these songs. Totally,
0: yeah. They don't they don't have any. There's not any like hooks nor is there any really interesting lyrical content. Like, UFO Story Um, starts with... Okay, we're talking about uh, lyrical content. Can we talk (laughs) about the opening lines of Shave Gorilla? We...
1: (laughs) We got a gorilla and we shaved him and bought him a motorcycle. Which, by the way, if you're I not mean, familiar
2: with this discography, be aware for a lot of animal-based songs
0: early <laughs> well, <up>. on. So <laughs> songs so about many. brains. Songs about brains. Songs Go- about frogs. Godzilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so many songs about frogs. And what was the other one? It
1: was... Oh, uh, Magician slash Wizard. Oh, oh, yeah. Lots
0: yeah. of vaginas.
2: More visual, but there is some lyrical vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: uh-huh. Also, your new band name? Lyrical Vagina.
1: Lyrical vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. So the first three albums, Here It Is, Oh My God, and Telepathic Surgery, they're very much of the same ilk. You'd think that over the course of at least four, you know, three years, the band would, like, progress. And they kind of do at times, but these albums kind of are very much co- uh, the same, you know, genre, the same sound, the same texture. So as such, it really comes down to when they have genuine moments that actually And hits.
2: I gotta say real quick, the... the- my favorite moments on this album, unfortunately, are generally ones where the songs sound like other songs. Define. Yes. <laughs> um, Chrome-plated Suicide. Kind of one of the more decent tracks on there, but then, like once you get to the end, you're like, oh, this is like Sweet Child of Mine.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, begs and Aiken, I actually kind of dig. Yeah. It's one of the best things on here, even though it's not incredible, but mm. it's still, they're, yeah, they're going for this, it's like almost Led Zeppelin-y, very like classic yeah. basic rock and then it kind of has a multiple no, no, I don't think it's Led zeppelin it. though because there's a the song on
2: there Harry Krishna Stomp Wagon Fuck Led Zeppelin which some so. people will like stand by like I know that people that like really? this album will be like oh that's a, that's one of the good songs up there no, and I'm always no. like oh that's you one like fucking that... idiot
0: yeah. <laughs> also, also I love that they have a song called Fuck Led Zeppelin even though like half of the their career is... (laughs)
1: And they love Led Zeppelin. It's like a stupid joke that doesn't work. Uh, I would agree with that. I would say right now, it's kind of, not the opening, but the chorus is kind of like their first, like, pop-ish, like, legitimate moment.
2: It's also kind of important to state, again, for people that aren't as familiar with the band, is that one thing that really separates the punk rock version of the Flaming Lips, you're gonna find there's about four different versions of the Flaming Lips as time goes on. The punk rock version, they're kind of, their claim to fame is that they use influences that are generally uncool with punk rockers like yeah. if you're in a punk rock band you're not supposed to like Led Zeppelin and all that shit and they're like oh we're hippies we love Zeppelin and yeah. so that's kind of the thing that separates them
1: yeah. I would also say uh, I do like Miracle on 42nd Street when they calm down it's kind of nice the piano coding it, I, at the end of UFO Story I like I like I it do. it's just mm-hmm. not yeah. the most engaging right no yeah. I agree and of I, course Shape I, Gorilla the greatest song yeah
0: ever. no I mean UFO Story I actually kind of enjoy except once that, it gets to the music Right, once it gets to the music, the first half of it is just Wayne monologuing, and it's even, like, a bad recording (laughs) of him monologuing. Like, he cuts out a couple times, and it's like, you can't have a recording of someone talking where you can't hear them if there's no music in the background.
1: Right. Well, in that case, guys, I really don't think it's that much of a debate right now. Let's go ahead. Number 14, telepathic surgery. We are on our way. So now, uh, I know John Harvey, he did just throw out, he threw the gauntlet out by saying, oh my god, we should actually go ahead and have Ozzy Miladi down here, but Terrell O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I, oh I, I know. no. I know,
0: I, I'm kind of like this... curious uh, where, uh, where your
1: thoughts are on this.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, Ozzy Miladi sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that, but the thing is, so do a lot of their other albums, and so I just don't think we can throw Ozzy Miladi to the wolves without talking about, oh my god.
1: Oh my god because
0: Oh My God is similar to telepathic surgery in the sense that there's really no reason to listen to this album except for I would say their nine almost and a half minute one million billionth of a millisecond on a Sunday morning is actually really interesting it's Uh like, they allow themselves God. to be, like, extended and jammy. As somebody and, that's
2: disagreed with most about everything you just said on there. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I kind of like... Th- that's the one early one I kind of like. I think they do offer something, even though they're not... It's definitely not going to make it past
1: the top four. Like You mean the bottom four? The bottom four. Wow, John yeah. Harvey, top four album. Oh, my God. We did not see that coming.
0: Yeah, I just... I don't know. I just... Are you comparing it to Here It Is?
1: I think Here It Is, I'd put, I think, I would say
2: that for me, Oh My God is the top of what's probably going to be in the bottom four. Versus, let's be real, I think the next one is Here It Is. And I just think that Here It Is is just less memorable and kind of, I know, it's more in a punk rock style that I'm not generally into. My thing with punk rock is I don't like it when it's, Really, when it's like just too simple, like it, there's not much musicality about it. It's like it fits the stereotypes of people just chugging away with no, with not much skill. Whereas I, I think there's actual, there's more actual songs once you get to the second half of Here It Is. I yeah. don't agree with I, that. Well, at all. I
0: actually, because on Here It Is, I actually really like Just Like Before. It's a very simple mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. it's not it's distinct, it's, it's pretty generic, just right. like you said, it's mm-hmm. very basic punk. But it still—I don't know—it it has an edge to it, and then I—I'll enjoy like "She Is Death" at the right time, or "With You," or I actually do
1: enjoy "With Trains, you.
0: brains, and rain, which <laughs> is like—it's
1: so stupid, it's yet I love stupid
0: it. but I love it. And then it. Here it is has Godzilla flick on it. Yeah, Godzilla flick
1: for the record. And I'm, that was such a great revelation when I first got this album too. When I was getting into early licks, I'm like, oh, some of these songs suck. I'm never gonna play Man from Pakistan ever again if I can help it. I mean, right. Yeah, but like, Godzilla flick was like, there's a whole look. Like, you stopped. You slow down. You have a melody that's really great. It's kind of this goofy little song. And then when even staring at sound, that closing song when that fucking Peter Hook style bass comes in like part way through during the chorus, it's just like, oh, you guys are actually trying shit here. So. Yeah. like, even... Though I feel like this is, like, their one shot that they had. So there's a little bit of something to it, unlike kind of the comfort that they have with Oh My God. Oh My God is still all over the place. Oh My God is still crazy. Uh, but, like, it's still very much a carry-on. Like, if you put Everything Explode in the opening song on, here it is, it would, be, it would have been, the, like... The I don't same. know. I'm they also...
2: I also do really enjoy Prescription Love, whereas I think it's, like, <laughs> the... Really? I think it's one of the few... One of the songs in that it has more actual structure to Oh My God. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I think, like, oh... Whereas like, I think the first half is kind of a little bit weaker. One Million, I do like that song. It's just, it kind of meanders a lot at certain places. Oh, oh.
1: but uh, Maximum Dream of Evil Knievel might be one of their worst songs. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree, I, yes. I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could give you, yeah, at no, fruit. definitely. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's, I think that's just why. I,
2: I think it's like, what saves this one for me though, and again, because you've disagreed with everything on this, <laughs> the, the song Prescription, Love, Thanks to You... Can't Stop the Spring and Love Your Brain are kind of like the ones that I'm like those are like kind of decent. Well Love Your Brain is just
1: a complete take. This fucking piano yeah. like a complete break from everything you did before this like piano ballad that's kind of almost trying to be like you know AOR and structure like you know kind of this See, shine.
2: Whereas it's more just I, I, I think they're all about to me they're about generally equal quality but like off here it is I do like Charlie Manson blues. I just kind of surprise, get a kick, I like, get a kick out of that you. one. Godzilla yeah. flick I'm definitely with you on and staring at you. Um, it's just, some of it, it's just, I, like, the train's brains, I, I, it's fun, but I'm just not as, like, it, it, it's kind of just more baseless noise shit to me.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess, I, but that's, ex- that's could, exactly how I feel it, about, yeah.
2: oh my yeah. god. I, so it's not an argument I necessarily feel that empowered by, like, oh, there's something you're missing about this album. Yeah, it's yeah. just, in preference, I think I get a bigger kick out of... These ones than I do. I'm I'm personally a fan of the steel and his bendin' a I, stupid I'm ass just really su- song. I'm just really surprised. I think it's also what does it for me. I'm just kind of surprised. Well, I'm more surprised that Oxy Milady wasn't like the more obvious one of this. I'm like, oh yeah, like when yeah. I because I th- I'll agree that it's definitely at least the music's more interesting on that than any right. of the other ones. I think these other two ones just have a little bit more purpose.
1: Well, I feel like with the the first two uh, albums or the first three albums, really, is that, like, they're just stumbling around, fucking around in the studio. But every once in a while, they stumble across something really great. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost accidental at times, like, because clearly they didn't follow in, like... Absolutely.
0: No, and I still, to this day, feel like Wayne Coyne is accidentally brilliant. Like, he he doesn't... Make brilliant art because he has like vision and purpose. He's just like he just has random ideas and he's like, I want to do this now, and he does it. And sometimes it's insane, and sometimes it's beautiful. And when he has the right collaborators, that's when he, he right. can like truly make magic. So just but turning things he a little doesn't. bit. Yeah. Um, this early on, he.
2: I think you're also. Well, yeah, you're really. I think I will say he definitely after. Th- after these first three starts getting a little bit better at guitar. I know he's not, like... He's never been a great guitarist. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I think at least the terms of the salt... Act, they start becoming more of actual songs. Right, Right. yeah, but yeah.
1: switching things a little bit, uh, Oxy Melody, their most recent album, the one that came out uh, the year we recorded this, 2017, is an album where it is shiny and synthy and incredibly, incredibly empty at the same time. So I can see why John Harvey would absolutely nominate it, because it is just fucking insane like it is just so bizarre and odd and I just I don't like it myself but that's just it's own thing
2: and then uh, the lyrics what I found out later is that it's I, the approach is that it was all stream of conscious, which I think becomes even more apparent. I'm not saying He's that...
0: He's been doing that for like for a decade
2: though. I think that at least he would... Almost everything about this band is generally... I think at least before it was stream of conscious, then how do we restructure it? You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, like you want to say it's accidental brilliance, I think it's just when you're a band that's constantly working and you just constantly has ideas. That's why you're bound to stumble upon more ones that work. Right. This one, I don't think they really go through as much of the phase where, well, once we find something, let's go back in at that. Cause I, I, I don't like most of it. I will say just right off the bat, again, favorite being not just don't be like, Oh, it's good. Just more favorite. My favorite mm-hmm. part, or I think the best part of this album for me is in the chorus of how but I think it kind of fucks up because nothing before or after really has anything to do with anything. So like, it's more like, I think it's the most interesting hook where he says like, I tried to tell you, but I don't know. Yeah, and he does that, but then and it has nothing to do with what comes before. Yeah. There's has nothing to do with what comes after, and it turns into this dreariness that the whole... However interesting that hook is, yeah. it doesn't really have any impact because it doesn't seem to be consequential to the rest of the song. Right. And yeah. that's well, and,
1: the and word- I, I feel like also like one night while one night while hunting for fairies and witches and wizards to kill. Jesus, fuck these titles. Uh I feel like that's a song where like it almost feels like it's gonna be cinematic or tell a story. You have these you know, right. heavy tom drum hits, and then it just never goes yeah, anywhere. That's I think and that's
0: kind of this whole thing about the thing about this whole album is that it you just want it to do something, because mm-hmm. that's what was... Part Her of what brain was so... is a castle that's flying. I don't give a shit. What the fuck does this have to do with anything, <laughs> dude? Like, that's part of what is is frustrating about this album is because when they were at their peak, their best songs uh, swing back and forth between up-tempo and down so much. Like, almost all of them have big tempo changes, or at least f- changes in mm-hmm. feel. Um, and that's completely missing on this record, except for, like... At the end of Niji Nai or whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> like which never know, nah, which never. just starts as another. It's like there should be unicorns part two, and then they come in, and then there's a lot more like improvisation on the. Bass, and then there's like some synth hits that come in and it gets kind of fun but it doesn't... Can I uh, challenge you guys to nope. declare
2: your... What do you think is the best song of Oxy Melody? Oh, Do Glowy obviously. Do... <laughs> that, is, that is a fucking, Fuck mad fucking mad song. Piece. Dude, God, just the title. When I got to it, like, you know I held off listening to it as if, like I'm already like dreading that by in six more tracks I'm gonna get to a song titled Do Glowy. Do... do Glowy. No, do Glowy. <laughs> And then the chorus is just going
0: do-glowing. Do-glowy, glowy, 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 glowy. Glowy, glowy, glowy.
1: glowy glow. Yeah, it's like
0: yep. Wayne. Um, Fucking stop. Um, no, so the best the best thing on Oxy <laughs> is Reggie Watts at the end of There Should Be Unicorn. When he just when begins re-reiterating re- just just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah You know, it, I'm just, I love that part. And, and he was like, and we will be high. And there's like this echo on it. I don't know. It's just great um no n- but n- everything else is like really inconsequential like, nignite is the only
2: one that like i'm like well at least for a split second it seems like something's going on right yeah, yeah. so th- like uh, at least when there's more actual percussion to that one whereas the other one that ah, got there should be unicorns which man dude just some of the fucking lyrics just uh one of the lines is him just going uh there's like White trash wedding, rednecks do blah blah blah. Like, yeah, yeah or, and he's yeah. like, yeah, legalize all, all the, the drugs, drugs right yeah. now. And I'm like, like what you is don't
0: this? even do you believe that? I don't Do you, you even believe know? in sequiturs? Yeah, yeah. No, that, legalize <laughs> all the drugs right now. Isn't that from How? Yeah,
1: no. That oh, that, that was How. No, yeah. that is How. Yeah, yeah, I was doing How again. This the, album blurring f- together, I'm blown away. Yeah. Also, <laughs> for the record, none of us can remember what Sunrise Eyes of the Young sound like. Oh, this, I did. True, no, I. Unfortunately, I do. Oh my god. Okay, but here's the thing. The
0: thing, the the reason, the only reason I put Oxy Miloti higher than Here It Is, no, not he, higher than Here It Is. Really? I would put higher. I would put Oxy Miloti higher than Oh My God because it's just inoffensive. Whereas like Oh My God well, is like and you're this band- hard and, and, to listen to. Right, and
1: the worst part about Oxy Miloti is that they this is a band who at this point in their careers. Have done so much, and as songwriters and as performers, have actually grown and expanded their sound several times over. So for them to put out an album just this kind of whimper of a uh, "this is what we think" or like it's almost like an Especially obligation album. Four
0: years after their last one, yeah. You're right. and it it's also feels like an obligation album. And
2: it's also an album that somehow manages to be le- less interesting than the six-hour song. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, like, yeah. like how do you? Yeah, even the one that's a kind of like these go-to lines are kind of still provide more of a an engaging listening experience in yeah. that one. Yeah. For as much gimmicks as everybody gives a crap, the gimmicks had more interesting stuff than yeah. that. But before we get to like blocking those that, these in, my other thing with that at this album, and I think I said this before, is that there's not much purpose to it. They didn't need to make the album, you know, they're this late in their career. They yeah. could have held off. I get the other one though. I get why there's a here it is. I get why there's oh my god and even the unsuccessful telepathic like there's a reason it's a band struggling and at least developing and figuring and trying to get to a point where like you kind of understand maybe what they're trying to go for and place they're trying to get to even if they're not fully getting
1: there right so that being said, though, we've been talking about this for a half hour. Oh, so shit. um, as I such, mean, we took
0: yeah. like fifteen minutes to get through. But there is a lot so... to get through.
1: So listen, <laughs> I think we can all agree that here it is. Oh my God, Noxie Melody are on chopping block. We can't. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: I I will just say I will be fine with whatever order they got nothing, <laughs> and yeah. they all need to go next.
2: Um. Just yeah, I'm with you. I'm with I'm with you on that. I kind of like just what's the, what's the agreement here? Right, I'm not going to really what
0: here's, i here's time up, tossing yeah. out there. Let's, let's you
1: you, you seem it. to be. You know, Standing for Oh My God Hard. I don't think Taryn and I can agree with that. I think here it is just has a few more melodic things just on there. Just a few things. But that can means. we put it above
2: Oxy, but behind. Yes. Okay. That yeah, is definitely yeah, the
1: Yeah. So in that case, number 14 is Telepathic Surgery. Number 13 is Oxy Melody. Number 12 is Oh My God. Number 11 is Here It Is. But hey, guess what, guys? That means we are now down to the top 10.
0: Fuck. <laughs> I'm looking at this right and now. It's like, oh shit, so we did that. Yeah, that we did was that. Really now easy. we have to do the top ten. Well, I also want to question,
2: because earlier you said there's a lot of bad albums. Are you considering any of these actually bad? Because that's the thing. Once you get past these, I just consider no. all of these pretty... Yeah. Like, everything up between ten and four is kind of like... Those are all almost They're, equally right. good They're albums. They're like solid.
0: No, no. I totally agree. No, the. I mean four bad albums is a lot of bad albums yeah. in the grand scheme of things as yeah. far as like compared to defini- other careers no that is like- definitely true and it's also I mean I think you
2: <laughs> it's also tough because it was a different band it's okay so now what we've covered out we've other than Oxy we've caught rid of the the punk rock flaming lips yeah. yeah. Right. And I think just before we start getting to ranking I'll, I'll just lead with one that I know somebody's gonna disagree with me on but let's just start from in order like in, in chronology like So, you know, we got the punk rock phase done, and now let's do, like, the kind of early 90s alternative rock phase, which is, I would maybe go hit to death in the future head.
1: I do not agree. (laughs) Uh, I would, believe it or not, I would actually, at this point, nominate Transmissions from the Satellite Heart. No, 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 no.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I can't put Transmissions a low hit to death. Okay,
1: but let's talk about these here, because we need to first talk about what the uh, iconic achievement is with in a priest-driven ambulance, because after these dopey-ass fucking rock albums that they put out before, they finally get a real producer in the form of Dave Friedman. And I say real producer, this is the first thing he's ever produced, before he started doing stuff with Mercury Rev. But Dave Friedman, he's just like, they find, instead of the band trying to produce everything themselves, he really pushes them for clarity. He pushes them for songwriting clarity and intent. And it's actually helpful, and that's why many different other critics that aren't us actually have said that in a priest trivian annuals is quote the first genuine like real flaming lips album and
2: i i'd agree with that yeah i got a lot more positive things beyond that to say about i i I think it's a really good album i'd be surprised i don't think any of us would put it this low no right right no i don't think any of us would
1: not yet yeah but it was enough to get warner brothers to sign them and the first thing they put out there was hit to death in the future head which is basically a kind of a cleaned up version of the sound that they were kind of moving into. A little bit more popular a little bit there. And the thing is this is a, still a messy album. It's their first like attempt at trying to do orchestration. And I mean like bargain basement orchestration. Like <laughs> shitty ass. Let's have a horn on this song. Let's kind of have a cello slide on this Lots one here. Lots of flute. I'm just trying to...
2: Samples I never, being brought in. I probably should have wicked it better, but I'm wondering... I was always curious if Grasshopper from Mercury Rev is the one that's playing the flute on all these tracks. I mean, you get a lot of Mercury Rev yeah. Co- like, collab- type collaborators. Well, especially
0: right in this early, I mean, they had a member, we, yeah. Of yeah, Mercury Rap, Jonathan Donahue.
2: Donahue, who, who yeah. came in
1: for In a pre Driven Ambulance, too, which I think was also kind of a bit of a relief because Wayne Coyne, vocalist, songwriter, producer, whatever, he, like, for him not to have lead guitar duties, I think, kind of maybe took a little bit more pressure off him for once, well, where so he could just kind of, like, focus well, a little bit right. more. Right. And yeah.
0: as, exactly. And then, not having lead guitar duties for years served him very well for yeah. the next, like, decade, basically. Right. So, as such, Hit to Death of the future Futurehead, the opening song, which I
1: love the title, talking about the smiling and death porn, immortality blues, Everyone Wants to Live Forever, I think it's actually a pretty fine song were it not for that bass voice on there. The ooh, wah, wah, ooh, wah, wah, Especially because it's so high in the mix. And also,
2: again, we'll probably talk about this more in the minisode. We talked it before even getting into just how for a band that has such incredible visual art and such a great Wayne himself an amazing visual artist and a great team how not great the music videos are and yeah. so the music video I, I hate when it cuts <laughs> to like this like fat guy and like this like topless fat guy and he's like going wow 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 and that's just like the music video for at least 30 seconds
1: oh that's fun I, that's <laughs> so great but that being said uh, hit me uh, hit me like you did the first time is actually I think a genuinely yeah. great yeah. song oh, when yeah. you have this for fucking sure. cello ascension that comes up there which is kind of great even the sun kind of this warped psychedelic like whatever type thing I just, that's
0: no, yeah. yeah the sun is like one of my favorite flaming lips songs oh it's really like, that's awesome oh, wow. it's like full wow. I mean like in my top 20 yeah but
2: like but I mean I think with the band like the lips you always have these weird left field ones yeah. that they always end up I
0: mean and it's like a full on like late era Beatles psychedelia But, like, also,
2: I like the production, even though, like, you'd think it'd be a downfall, but I
0: kind of dig how
2: super fucking 90s it is. Yeah! Yeah. Like, it's, like, in a cool way. Like, uh, it's like how some princes are, like, when, like, princes kind of, of its time is still working, like, that's how this one is for me. Right,
0: right. And, well, and I especially like it because it's clearly, like, it is... The Beatles style produced in the 90s, like, so mm-hmm. distinctly. Just like how people making that kind of music now, you're like, oh, this still sounds like 2017.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, there are just, like, a lot of really interesting guitar textures. I mean, I think the the Jonathan Donahue influence really does kind of round out and bring some well, and to together. Well, this go-
0: album, yeah, yeah, like, Death in the Future Head was the first one with Stephen Drozd. No, no,
2: no, 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 that's still, I forgot somebody else is on that. He, he came on for the tour. Oh really? They, they after this album, uh, Jonathan Donahue and Left. and Nathan Robinson. Basically, the drummer th- assumed that because they had a contract, he's like, "Oh, we're rock stars now." And then when they weren't immediately rock stars and making all this money, he's like, "Oh, fuck this, I'm out and quit." And so, like, right before the tour, and so they scrambled together, and Steven Drose the. Like, Ronald Jones had been in there, Had been a part of their team. We do tell them way more stories about him come to those albums. But they brought him and Steven on last minute. And then kind of worked those out for the next one.
1: Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So that, I mean... And that being said, like, it's... I wouldn't call it a... Gr- album necessarily but there's moments on there's enough moments on here that I really dig to like prevent me you and know, like to be like no this you know should still be a contender in some way for whatever reason when I my young teenage mind when I was still in high school and I heard you have to be joking autopsy the devil's brain kind of this pain ballad where you know Wayne's doing his weird warble thing you got to be kid, you know like doing that thing <laughs> uh, but then randomly there's that one orchestra sample that just kind of comes in during the fucking like this after the second chorus and it's just it doesn't belong there kind of melodically ill-fitting, but I just loved it. I'm like, you just fucking copy-pasted a goddamn orchestra in there for no reason. And it was
0: kind of cool. They did that a lot early. They started doing that on telepathic surgery, and then for like three albums-ish, they, yeah, they just like have orchestra samples. They're not in tempo, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they were just, like, old enough that they were public domains that right. you have to, like, pay and for them. And I just kind of yeah. love this kind
1: of, like, random fuckery. Like, I think we, it is yeah.
2: kind of an interesting one of, uh, interesting of its time, kind of. album. I, I, th- I kind of, some of the U2 influence that comes in. My favorite what run is for,
1: two influence. I kind of think movie?
2: that, like, just how the guitar tones of songs okay. like, uh, Halloween on the Barbary Coast yeah. and the, to- and Magician vs. the Headache and Ginger Ale Afternoon. Those are, like, that's kind of my favorite three uh, straight. Oh,
0: I do really like Ginger Ale. Yeah. I, like, really like that song. I th- For me,
2: like, even though it's all pretty good, I think that's, those that stretch from there, those three songs, are where I feel like it's really emotionally doing more for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I and mean,
1: emotionally doing more than a lot of their other stuff they'd done prior to this point. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, the freaks have emotion. Like, it's kind of this revelation to a degree. So mm-hmm. that's something I think is important right. about this album. Right, right. right.
0: but, it, I mean, this album has, like, a three-song run, yeah. which is not enough for me to, like, want to put it higher.
2: I think know? while it's all consistent, here's the thing, it's a it's a
0: consistent album.
2: I just think that, you know, the highs aren't really as high as many exactly. of these other records that are going to be yeah. coming on here.
0: There's just, like, yes, they accomplished some good things on here, but it just doesn't have the songwriting. I mean, even The Sun, they do that sort of psychedelia Worlds better on like Yoshimi and at War with the Mystics, mm-hmm. so you kind of have to bury the hatchet. So do you want to? You want to team up with John Harvey and vote well, for against And before well, yeah. we do this,
1: do, let's talk. Let's
2: talk about because that's one. Because here's oh, the thing oh, yeah, that was please. one that I wasn't sure depending on how Taren felt about it. This one I knew was contention. My thing is well, I think Hit the Death is more consistent. It's just the thing is. Transmissions from the Satellite Heart has so many just mega iconic songs yeah.
0: on
1: there.
2: Um, yeah. like some career defined ones. You've got Jelly, which is the classic. Even you know, turned Out Jelly, up.
1: their first big hit. Yeah.
2: Um, it just, I, one of my favorite, Slow Nerve Action is just one of yes. my favorite songs.
0: I fucking, <laughs> so that was the thing about when I was first digging in this past week, listening to The Punk, and I sort of unfairly shoved hit to death and transmissions with that mm-hmm. early on and but transmissions is so much more they have it's their pop I mean they have droves by this point we've um,
2: established did it give no? like br- I try to give the quick history lesson okay. about that to bring it up because you understand that the flaming lips have also had so many different band members that still continued being a thing into the late 2000s mm-hmm. but so uh, Nathan and Jonathan Donahue who left. Uh, they knew Stephen Drozd was in other touring bands, and I like that moment in the documentary when they're like, "You know what?" Like, then somebody said to us, "You know, you know what? janice Eighteen still sucks, but their drummer the is good, amazing." Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so yeah.
2: they brought a, they brought him, they brought Stephen Drozd on board, who, uh, by the way, is like a, a musical genius, and Seriously. Just to save time, we'll we'll have more time to essentially. Fawn over him. So they bring him on board and he's now the drummer and multi instrumentalist. The thing is, he can also write and perform at genius level. So if they have ideas. He can do it perfectly and we'll and uh he can do anything that they imagine. Right. He
0: can bring their ideas to life.
1: Yeah. Also jo- throughout all of this, Michael items yeah. is there.
2: Ronald Jones. <laughs> he plays um, bass. Ronald Jones, real quick. He get uh he was he lived in OKC with Wayne Coyne. Uh, at one point his essentially not his official audition, but he came to Wayne and was like, Hey man, I've been working on this one flamin' lip song. I wanted to know if I was playing the part right, and he plays it for me, and I was just like staring at awe, and he's like, Was that right? He's like Yeah, well, that was right, but you were also playing the lead and the rhythm guitar. Like, that's two guitars on albums. (laughs) And Ronald Jones just comes in and played them both at once. So he provides a level of texture and kind of just noise that I still haven't seen anybody recreate. Yeah. There's, There's, when they did get to the Cloud's Taste, there's still stuff where, I remember when they did the tour, they sent out a notice going, hey, on Instagram saying, hey, does anybody know how to play this? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's part this is the band now and so now we have some really interesting textures that go on. Mm-hmm. These songs are just coated with some brilliant guitar work.
0: Yeah. And that's okay. what has me coming back to this album is just because yeah, there's uh slow nerve action. I actually kind of like be my head again We're in like, I really the love Beatles. Be we're in the Beatles yeah. area that's that's like very Paul McCartney but I also like go back to Pilot Can at the Queer of God that's Like weird some, that's one you like there's oh, some dude. like <laughs> weird. oh John, man John Harvey no, just had a I sad mean,
1: expression no yeah. I just like I really yeah. like
0: specifically the guitar work on that one Th- that and is true yeah and there's just so much like on this whole album what was the other one that's oh, missing you, here oh Jesus Oh, yeah, no, no one gives a shit about Plastic Jesus. I will say, oh, but, uh, when you're 22. When you're 22 is a great, is the, with that Just that uh, throbbing, like, burn up, burn Yeah, it's so, it just does it for me. Okay, that being said, though,
1: and I realized what I just nominated was uh, Transitions of the Sally Heart, I actually, just looking at the track list and looking at everything else, I'm going to toss something else out here. Okay. I've decided to re nominate my, re go through my nomination process. Guys, how would you feel? And, you know, the thing... I'm not gonna fight too hard for Hit to the Death. I still really like Hit to the Death and Future Head*. Like, it's that that joy, that enthusiasm for recording by amateurs. Like, you really experience it on that album. And I, there's a, a certain affinity for that. Uh-huh. But, guys, number ten. How do we feel about Zareka?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, let's talk about, let's talk Zyreka. Yeah, let's talk Zyreka.
0: So, yeah, Zyreka, I mean, obviously, as the experience we've discussed, it is very interesting. It's worth doing if you're a fan of the band, but song-wise... I mean the opening track. It's where more is about this? the
1: music than it is so, about it mm-hmm. kind of like the. It really is about the experience more than anything else. Because yeah. remember, after they put out Cloud Metallic and it didn't do as well as Transmissions, Wayne Coyne was like, well, "Let's just do this. I have this idea. Let's get a bunch of tapes, and there's going to be a bunch of music, different music on these tapes. Well, and we're this is going to put it in a parking lot yeah. when
0: Ronald Jones left too, right? Was uh, for- right at this time.
2: Uh, Ronald jo- yeah Ronald in. Jones left at the end of uh, Clouds Taste Metallic which I think only went on a fairly short tour before yeah. they were out so they were kind of that had a short tour and then they were already kind of work on right. this
1: but Wayne had this idea of, like, he's just gonna have a bunch of people bring their cars with their tape decks, you're all gonna put tapes in it, and I'm gonna tell you all to start it at the same time, and all these tape decks would combine in force and power to create this surround sound musical experience. He wanted to do that with an album. Apparently, if you believe the Fearless Freaks documentary, he wanted to do a 100-disc album, which Warner Brothers was like, haha, fuck no. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> they, and so basically, let's do a four-disc experience where you have these four discs, and again, the music kind of bounces around between them. And, like, let's do what we can to really create this. And I'll give credit to Zarika. Zarika really takes the full extent of that of like, here's a sound coming out of here, and then it moves over here, and then the choir is coming out and of I, a different one. Yeah,
2: and yeah. I want to describe a bit how it's a bit different than just doing 5.1 or doing surround mm-hmm. sound. It's kind of interesting because you do have different tracks on different levels. You kinda of, it, it you kinda of like control the mix of the album and you have yeah. different sound qualities based off whatever type of sound that system you have had, yeah, readily readily yeah, yeah. available. And going on there, and so it is kind of like it. It's interesting, like it would feel like something that you would experience while being at an art exhibit. You know that said though, and like you you said this earlier that, you know, there it's more about the musicality of it than it's about the songs. The songs but yeah. when it's when it's on something that's a functioning song, it is pretty incredible. Goddamn great. And I was, and I think also what kind of saves the lips on a lot of different experiments is that I think it's just the The idea that this is so, this is the first record where it's just Michael Ivins, Wayne Coyne, and Stephen Drozd. So, like, so it's like, so it's in Dave. Yeah, and yeah. so like, oh well, now that we have Stephen, let's what can he do? Let's just try and see how far he can take it. So just the early phases of them learning what they can do with Stephen Drose is quite incredible. I mean, like. Like, you just, uh, the way that, like, these drum patterns, even, I, one section I do like is just that drum solo. Kind of unnecessary in song yeah, purposes, song. but I just, but lo-
1: it's, it's a fucking great drum yeah. solo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. And so there are some worthwhile moments on here. Like, okay, I'll admit, I really don't really understand the opener. It's mainly more for the music when you have the groups of choirs move in and out. Yeah. Like, that you, was ooh, pretty When you put the incredible. CDs on for the first time, you're like, oh, shit. I mean, it's also, like, yeah.
0: It's also just, it's a great opener because it has those epic vocals, but also because it has, like, like a, just such a great groove. Dude, that baseline. That baseline oh is God. solid. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then even writing the work in the year 2025 is pretty great too. I love that song. Yeah. That- That's, you're
0: invisible now. It is marred a little bit because there's about a 20 second section of just screaming. Oh, Go, oh let's oh, get to the screaming. Oh, but the then scream. of
1: course just... there's the last song. The big old bug <laughs> is the new baby now. Right,
0: which is, which is just <laughs> Blue Christmas. It's just <laughs> they just <laughs> off Luke with narration <laughs> and a dog attack at the and end. Then, and then at the end, and it's not just dogs barking at the end. It's it's like forty five seconds. And the thing is, it's and it's blah, like blah, 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 blah. there's a pack of dogs. On each of the four CDs, so when you're listening to a mixdown, you have like four packs of dogs, basically. So it's like legitimately alarming if you have the volume up at a normal level to listen Here, to the
2: music. Here's what was really kind of frustrated me when we did that experience. It's like while I was having fun and I was enjoying it, it's cool. It's just a, okay. So you're the Flaming Lips. Your <laughs> your uh, one of your press release. I'm not sure if it was an album cover or what. One of your one of your press things is. Finally, the punk rockers are taking acid. Yeah, you know this is all yeah, this that drug was a compilation album Yeah, and so they do. Uh, so they've got you know they. You can expect to maybe be people will be taking drugs to flaming lips records. And so the idea that so somebody's like probably like oh four I gotta put on four records dude let's fucking let's like take yeah the, let's eat let's some let's mushrooms and put this on to And so with that in mind, that you would make a track that just that the album, not just the track, the album just ends with them imitating barking dogs, and it just over-compresses
1: the whole thing and just envelopes you and just.
0: And it's legitimately terrifying.
1: <laughs> oh, and also let's not forget the song with the tones that are supposed oh, yeah. to make so you seem to the Oh yeah, so How Will We
0: Know is, 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 it's basically one just CD a normal, a, song. a normal song on one CD and then the other three CDs have differing tones that are supposed to, yeah, make you see the future. I guess is the, the is the, the superstition myth, around yeah. them, except that it's just legitimately painful. Like I did not listen to that song this week because it hurts my ears.
1: Uh, and also, there's it's it's ten, there's a ten minute uh, menstrual cycle song, "A Machine in India," which I don't about need
2: to the, hear about, again. about the about the Syrian missile hitting hitting the hitting the womb, the vagina. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah
0: and I'm. Shit going yeah. to India which okay. by the way again I'm not sure I'm on if this the is pedestal just, seeing um, all the bleeding
2: vaginas I'm not sure if this is a joke the problem is I, I believe it is that a, I've read somewhere that song is about his wife's menstrual cycle
1: no it says in the liner notes oh that's right exactly yeah but also for the record uh, the band Local Natives uh, are basically derived from the song The Train Runs Over the Camel but is derailed by the Mat.
0: which is my highlight song, off of yeah. this mm-hmm. before Evan told me that it sounds like Local Natives um, but, but my my other highlight
1: it's, is March of the Rotten Vegetables. That fucking song is baller and shit. And that's the thing with this.
2: That's the thing. I feel like all of our complaints are more so about the gimmicky, non musical aspects right. that take the up the sound. Right. The music is solid. Like, yeah. yeah, the music, when it's just at, about at the times, music. Yeah. Because I fucking love it when they all the vocal choruses kick in because they did have kind of a really good understanding of how the brain is kind of operating when things kick in. And it's kind of interesting because, like, a lot of tension is based off, well, of what speaker is noise. Is going to come out of. Right. So when you've got, so w- they kind of have a good relationship with when all the book choruses come in. That's they like also, just list Yeah, but they when, also yeah. like,
1: they have a really good idea for their first time of doing anything like this, they know how to like stagger things a little bit. Like if
0: you want CDs a little off or something like that, if things come in a little bit late, it's going to be okay. It's still right? like yeah. Even when works. you have the mix down timed perfectly, Yeah. It, like you'll have, you know, if you take, the for way, example, writing to work in the year 2025 that has that screaming section in the middle, when the track comes back in you know the bass is not quite on on rhythm because they didn't make the space for the screaming the exact tiny same length so but it also has a machine in India on there so that being said
1: uh where do we where do we stand I threw out we threw out a couple things there it looks like Zarika and maybe Hit to Death are on the chopping fu- block here guys
0: um yeah, I would. I would still stick with hit to death. Futurehead. Hit to death in yeah. the future Head is next, and then I could maybe put Zareka at nine. Yeah, I just think that again we're
2: talking about album highs. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just think that when when Zirika is succeeding, it's a pretty wonderful experience. Right. But
0: it concedes. It succeeds inconsistently. Yeah,
2: yes. very much so.
0: All right. Well, in that case, I'd say let's go
1: ahead and lock in number 14, Telepathic Surgery. Number 13, oxymelody. Number 12, oh my god. Number 11, here it is. Number 10, Hit to Death, In the Future Head. Number 9, Zarika,
0: Taron O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. I'm great. I want to keep going. I know you want
1: to keep going, because guess what? Number eight's coming up, and uh-huh. it's nomination time, and I'm looking right, right at you, and John Harvey's looking, everyone's looking at you right now. Right.
0: I mean, so we had nominated transmissions for below 10, yeah. but my pick before that... Controversially? Maybe a little controversially, uh, would actually be The Terror.
2: I could get why it goes there. My, my bigger reason why it's <laughs> not, I wouldn't put that... Again, is uh, it's just more so. I feel like the tear really kind of succeeds as an album. I'm not going to say that. Like, yeah, I will agree. So no,
0: I totally agree. And with again, that. I got
2: of think that's the bigger issue when you start ranking these. I feel like by placing the tear here, I think my brain's like interpreting as saying it's a bad album, which isn't the case at all. Right. I I just think that, yeah, as a listening experience, I just find the terror so over like so kind of fairly incredible. But I don't know. Maybe you are kind of right on that. See, though. yeah,
0: no. As a listening experience, the terror is is very impressive. That they mm-hmm. were managed to not only make an album that has such odd dissonance featured so prominently for like o- over an hour, and it's still so listenable. Like that, I really do think. I, like I, it's it's. Eh. I think for listeners, I'm happy they did it.
2: For listeners, I think also when you start discussing these ones, I think we kind of did an okay job describing them. But let's kind of just describe the music that is the terror. I mean, like we're talking about so a band that's been historically
1: just a, guitar, a guitar driven pop,
2: maybe orchestration. Once you get to the middle chunk, this is like a, a sharp turn. It abandons it really generally all guitars for a very cold synthesizer experience. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the, but more importantly though, the biggest thing about this album and why I would not put nominate this year, I think it is a super strong album uh, the, the reason why the terror and I agree though the individual moments will not stand up but the experience of the terror is smart on many levels but the main reason is is because uh, while Embryonic their 2009 Double disc set which was crazy psychedelic blown out speakers kind of like a revisiting of the Rouge but with their modern songwriting charm and just like all over the place let's just see what sticks kind of thing the terror was that one thing? It took everything you knew about the Flaming Lips' songwriting. It took all of that darkness that was lurking underneath all of Wayne's concepts and ideas and lyrics, and just brought it into the form. And so, it was just put it front and center. And, and that's sure. what
2: this se- this this era between Embryonic and The Tears essentially about is total. Is why it's really impressive in their careers. It's a total deconstruction of everything you generally know about the Flaming Lips. Right,
1: and I think that's why Oxy kind of sucks ass in comparison. Because after they broke everything down into like the tropes well, of what it is um but they can't go anywhere from there see that.
0: yeah no the problem with oxy Milady is because they continued with the sonic textures of the terror without uh-huh. the uh gimmick that pushed terror to the next level and made them try and do and interesting also, let's things talk, with it.
2: Let's talk about the history of the the terror because that's kind of what makes that's that's part of the selling point of what makes it work is the context. Define the history. In I aspect. just mean that. So the terror comes in around is it, it was released in two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of two thousand twelve at the beginning of two thousand thirteen. Uh, Wayne Coyne and his wife Michelle Coyne, married of twenty two years. I mean, she was there probably. I think. They've been dating since I believe ch- priest driven ambulance. I think she's in the music video yeah and like and, and so she uh, so they've been dating for that long, long time like long time inspiration. They got divorced in around 2012. And so uh, on top of that, uh, on top of that uh, Stephen Drozd had apparently relapsed to hair. but another thing to know is that Stephen Drozd kind of fits the Keith Richards mold of just kind of like total drug addict genius. That he had been more uh, like ear- of an asshole than Keith Richards. Yes. Story, but out. from a certain point, from the, the entire time that he's in the band, Ke- uh, starting with Transmission, Stephen Droz was pretty heavily into heroin mm-hmm. before and before kicking that. And it kind of shapes a lot of certain ideas that come with these other songs. And so in 2012, he kind of had also relapsed. And there's just all these things that were going on. The lips, I think, are also kind of in a. A lot of people were fed up with the lips. There was so much gimmicks going on. Yeah. There was such an overabundance of material being released between 2009 and
1: 2013. Right,
0: that's when they were doing a lot of their collaboration albums and yeah. cover and, albums. Yeah, Chububs flucking, their U2
1: parking lot experiment kind of thing. And like, so the yeah.
0: terror
2: is just well what happens like when like the singing these songs just stops working and you're just left all on your own and it's just it, it's taking similar ideas of these death but then just Whereas, like, everything is kind of about maybe uniting in certain... A lot of songs about uniting. This is just, like, being in a dark cave and just being as alone as you could possibly be. And it kind of rejects all the messages that came with the previous songs. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I know I nominated this, but I don't even know if I agree with it anymore. Like, just looking at the track list, You Lust, their collaboration with Fantagram, their 13-minute collaboration does it wanders a little too much for me but it is still it still accomplishes what it goes out to and I I enjoy it for that, at least. I think that I love that opener. That opener
2: of this album, uh, "Look, the sun is rising." Man, that what a hell of a way to just open up any record, though. Yeah. It's Just uh, well, one thing. One thing. Another thing I really love about this record is, on top of Stephen Drost is just such an incredible drummer to begin with. But you'll normally you'll see him do a lot more technically impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way that the drums work on all these albums, on all these songs, kind of blows my mind because it's all performed like a heartbeat. It's nothing like significant. But like, if you have a song that's more anxiety inducing there's certain things about the way the bass pedal kicks in and kind of replicates a certain anxious feeling if it's about feeling alone or just depression it may be just really slow but there's all these elements in the percussion that really have emotional heft and they're not really complicated things yeah
1: and I keep in mind, I'm not going to throw the terror on casually like I would with the majority of Flaming Lips albums where it's like, oh, let's
0: just have some druggy fun and throw it on. Like, you got to be kind of in the mood for the terror. But there are also, I mean, I, th- I'm i in the mood for this kind of music sometimes. Like, this isn't the first album that's hit this vibe for me. Randomly, I'm thinking of this Gang Gang dance record that also <laughs> yeah! really hits this, like, I know what deep you're talking about. paranoia. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just thinking about, like, when that uh, synth break comes in on the title track, the terror, oh. that, like, boom, like, that that hits that, like, fear sweet spot. Yeah. Like, I, I really like this record because it, it makes you feel sort of like a placebo fear, <laughs> almost. Like, you know that nothing bad is going to happen, w- but it just gives you this sort of eeriness. And the terror, I feel like, is...
2: Um, one of the most effective Flaming Lips. And like to the point that like what the goal of the album is succeeds a little bit more. Even if you wouldn't say that the... Yeah, okay. Individual that like, the, the, If the record, you go back them, I think uh, just in terms of what's the goal of this album and does what's it
1: accomplishing, I think it is kind of more along. And uh, while I love the album a lot it's also we're running into a bunch of masterpieces at the same time here we're getting starting to run up into that thing that we always do so that means john harvey out of curiosity mojito number eight.
2: Oh man it, and like i said again it's just i my my heart just hurts because it feels like i'm saying it's a bad album like no. it's but okay.
1: we're going it's but okay. here we go we're,
0: we're up to the the top half now uh, think uh, of it that way God, it's,
2: it's, for me, it's between transmissions and the terror. And if you would have asked me just yesterday,
1: just just yesterday, yesterday, I would have said
2: the transmission is just too sometimes inconsistent. And I think, here's my, let me list out some criticisms of transmissions. I think the tra- I think he has a list by the way. I think the track listing is kind of not great. I think the sequencing is kind of fucked up. I think I sent you. I sent yeah, you. you did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. sent you like my own one. Whereas I, th- I feel like there was an idea to not put the songs that are knowingly the best songs or the hit songs back to back. Whereas yeah, they like,
1: wanted to spread them
0: out. Here's the
2: thing. More. Like you said, to you I'm I pilot is actually one of my least favorite flips L- flaming lips songs. Oh, I, like
0: like flaming lips songs period it's all um, your least
2: maybe favorites. I think there's some other ones that I probably put like I think are worse I think once you get into this era it's right. one of my I th- I just think that oh man turn it on just such a great turn poppy alt rocking alt rocking
0: turn it on and this out. they have this they run into this sometimes mm. where like that melody just kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. Hmm. Like it's almost a little too on the nose, classic rock. I feel 70s like for hot. them
1: it's appropriate. Like they had that discovery of, like, yeah, we can do this. But we I can agree. Do this yeah. sound.
2: So I think if you looked at that, I think my, my custom track this is if you went turn it on into jelly, into, uh, into chewing the apple of your eye, and then uh, superhumans. Yeah, just something like I think I feel like there's just there's a weird energy. I really in, like superhuman. I don't like it either. How do you
0: feel about Moth and the Incubator? It's it's it
2: depends on that one's more of a day depends on what day I'm listening to. I think it's weird, it's the there's elements I like about it, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite song. Well, that, like I like the lead sense. card that's like the da, 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 when yes, you're in the court. I love like, that shit. Like that's it's just that's what I like about this album. There's so many interesting textures, but it's not until we get to the next one that they really master What like the some of the stuff, some of the textural and like the arrangement of these songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, No, but like, well, that. And what are what are your thoughts on Transmission?
0: I really like transmissions. Transmissions, I I think, has sleeper hits where, like, as you listen to it more, I think it just has some really great Mm -hmm. guitar work on it, and it has memorable melodies in a way that the Terror doesn't. But I also think it has. I, I actually think transmissions is better than... Priest-Driven Ambulance, too.
1: Huh. <gasps> Controversial statement! What time are we ac- So, Walt, well, talk to us a little bit about Priest-Driven Ambulance on that one, too.
0: Ah, uh, it's just it still runs into a bit of the early shit where, yes, they have more structure to the songs, but the oh. songs are still kind of obnoxious. Stand in line, you mean? Raining Babies. <laughs> I love Raining Babies. I mean, this is my message to the world! Like, he just sucks. He, <laughs> he's, a, he's a really, really, really bad vocalist. I totally dig Unconsciously Screaming. But, well, but unconsciously then you have this yeah, opening, hey. Shine On, Sweet Jesus, has the same, like, ooh, wob wob filter. It just, it's just do Shine On, Sweet Jesus. And it's just, like, it's so high in the mix. It's just, <laughs> it, it just, it really... I don't know me. that. I just, and honestly. And I just, uh, yeah, Stand in Line also yeah. is, just, is like a really, garbage thing,
2: day. My thing with In a Priest Driven Ambulance, again, because you just now disagree with everything on that, but <laughs> I just think that like, in terms of what you're saying, that Transmission doesn't have a great sequencing, I think that In a Priest Driven Ambulance is one of the better sequencing of some Flaming Lips albums. I like that there's a a more steady emotional arc. What I like about this, though, okay, is that.
0: fine. I will agree that as far as, like, the track list, like, in a priest-driven ambulance See, is, I, is sequenced better than transmissions, but the songs are not as good.
2: I think like. that, I, yeah, I just, I I don't know, I kind of do kind of like some of the emotionality, like, the desperateness of this album. I kind of, for me, like, reminds me, kinda reminds me of, like, a weird recovery album. Like, something really, like, tragic has happened to you.
0: Okay, but also it has God Walks Among Us Now on it. That is true. <laughs> that is...
2: <laughs> but it does have "There You Are, Jesus" song number seven. Uh, but it I does have like "Take
0: that. Me to Mars."
1: No, I like
2: no. I was gonna say I like no. I, I was trying to stand up for. Oh, it. Yeah. Like, I so what I like about that one though is that take when, I, to listen, mom,
1: when so I listen
2: when I listen to this one, it's like so. It for me it feels like something tragic's mm-hmm. happened. Maybe like whether it's like somebody dying or addiction, it's kind of really dreary. It's kind of like this weird processing feeling. And what I love about the sequencing of it, or just the the exper- the album experience of an a priest-driven ambulance, is that. By the time you get to What a Wonderful World, the cover on this, I actually, I, you just, Terrence rolling his eyes I on I just
0: gave the biggest eye roll. I think that cover, I mean, it's I it's love already, what they do. it's already a song that I've heard way too many times in my life. It's one of the few songs from that era that has really, truly transcended and is just omnipresent. And so like... I already don't really need to hear a cover of it, except then you run into this early Flaming Lips era shit of where Wayne Still is a fucking garbage vocalist. And and also a there's a lot of really like atonal guitar on it. Which kind of just what I dig totally about Here let me let me let,
2: let, let me tell you the real breakdown oh, of oh, What a Wonderful World. Oh okay, you no, going to take me to school. No, well, it. Okay. No, what I like about this is it and I see where you where you could be coming from with like, oh, why do you genuinely why do you need a cover of What What a Wonderful World? What I like for in the context of the album. And again, most of these songs I'd agree they're not the best things by themselves, but altogether, what I like about that is you're saying this recovery thing that by kind of switching the total the, the whole tone of what that song is supposed to be whereas like where i the original what a what a wonderful world it's kind of like a guy that's actually like yeah what a wonderful world like the baby's crying it's great i love everything whereas like for this is like sitting on a park bench like watching like the sunrise kind of just like holy shit it's kind of like the cre- like the sunrise like the getting over the hill of the album just like when it gets to that fucking guitar solo at the very end
0: oh, like It's been a been a rough journey. It's been a rough night. Yeah, you're in a priest-driven ambulance, so you're fucked. (laughs) So and then the but okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: Like I have a feeling, like, and I understand the love for in a priest-driven ambulance quite a bit. I do think, especially if you're going to compare it to transmissions, uh, I think that the album experience of the terror is stronger than in a priest-driven ambulance. But I also think, just on a pure song-for-song song level, I'm not even the biggest fan of Transmissions, as we know, Transmission, I think, is still a stronger album than in a priest-driven ambulance. Because, again, when we talk about it, per your own words, if you want to talk about the highs being that high, mm-hmm. yeah. I think Transmissions does have a slight edge totally. over it. And, again, both these albums still have weak points. They're still great. And why hasn't any of you fucks talked about Take Me to Mars? That is such a great-ass mm-hmm. dumb song. I don't know. It's and a, I love it it's so like, goddamn it's, much. It's,
0: it's, I, I enjoy take me to Mars except that the na da. <laughs> Ba-dun-a-dun. It's just one of those oh, wo- vocal. It's just like, I feel like this has been done. But then you a lot. had the
1: guitar in the background. Like I like Take texturing. Me to Mars uh, more.
2: Is it like, oh, I really think it's a good transition from Rain and Babies through Five Stop Mother Superior Rain? Yeah. Oh,
0: speaking of, I actually really like Five Stop, Stop Mother, Mother Superior, Superior Rain. Rain. Yeah. I think yeah. that's like a really solid chorus from right. this part.
2: No, I re- I, that was one that I still really like. That was actually one of my favorite earlier lip songs. It's just that I was kind of surprised that coming back to it, I wasn't as Asked about where it's like I used to also hate Rain and Babies, and that was one where I came back this time. I was like, I'm kind of into Rain and Babies after not liking that one for a really long time.
1: Yeah. So that being said, eight seven six, we have three albums. I think we're unless there's anything crazy sitting out there. I think we could be of a pretty good ilk. We, I just, I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I really. Am.
2: In a position to win the in a priest-driven, you're Andy not, Lensworth. and that is okay. Yeah. We've all lost arguments so, so far, and we will
1: continue to lose them as they go. And forward.
2: I kind of, and I'll be honest. I I kind of agree. I just think that you have a deep personal. But the same time, in a priest-driven ambulance, probably the more well-rounded and complete narratively.
1: It is a bridge between their alternative very the punk. But but I in just and I'm
2: and way. the reason why I'm mad is I'm also of the board that with transmissions you're kind of like so the songs that are amazing are just like I will still always come back to those even if I don't come back to this album like I'll still always be going back to slow nerve action mm. uh-huh. turn it on yeah
1: um, yeah. So, that being said, how are we thinking about eight priests, seven terror, six trans? Yeah.
2: Yep. John Harvey.
1: It's tough. It's t- <laughs> John <laughs> Harvey's a little bit blunderbust.
2: No, I, yeah, it's just, I, I just, I do think the terror, it, 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 it's, you're comparing such different things. It's, right. Like, I, the terror, it, yeah. Right,
0: they're very, very different things. Just like, yeah. If you came back to me next week, I would maybe switch them, but I, I... Yeah, I agree with that ranking.
1: Okay. Yeah. In that case, listen, guys, we still have even more to get through after this. So much. So let's just go ahead and do a really quick recap of what we got. We have number 14, Telepathic Surgery. We have number 13, Oxymilati. We have number 12. Oh my god. We have number 11. Here it is. We have number 10, Hit to Death of the Future Head. We have number 9, Zareka. Number 6, In a Preacher of the Animals. Number 7, The Terror. Number 6, Transmissions of the Satellite Hearts. We are 70 minutes into the podcast. Oh. We have The top five left to go, and we're gonna get to it in part two. But in the meantime, guys, John Harvey, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. I know, You you have, you clearly, we have a lot to say, so we're gonna get into it. Taron, of course, as always, goes without saying. I guess I keep saying it every time, and yeah. I still mean it. I just it. can't wait it's till part phenomenal. I yeah. just can't
2: wait till part two when I can just fawn over Steven Droz
1: for like an hour straight, because he's the greatest <laughs> musician yeah. ever. Also, Steven Droz, <laughs> email us afterwards. Uh, in the meantime, do us a favor, let us know your ranking of these albums on our Facebook. Uh, read us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, blah blah blah. Uh, we're gonna catch you on a very busy episode of part two. Join us then, see you in the next time. good luck! Woo! 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 Woo!